right, Second Chronicles chapter number 5. Uh, we're going to read the first four verses of Second Chronicles chapter number 5. And is, as is our custom, if you're able, let's stand together for the reading of the Word of God tonight. Second Chronicles chapter number 5, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, Thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated, and the silver and the gold and all the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Wherefore, all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast, which was in the seventh month, and all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark. Uh, This particular message that we're going to uh, bring this evening, I feel that it's appropriate for this occasion. Uh, I feel that it's, an, uh, it's, it's a passage of Scripture here in, this, in these several chapters that encourage the people of God uh, to keep their focus on the house of God. Uh, and I believe that that's important for us to do. Uh, transitions happen. Transitions are, are normal. They're a part of life. Uh, I'm sure in your workplace, many transitions have taken place. Uh, in your neighborhood, people have moved in and moved out. Transitions are a part of life. Uh, but we must keep the focus. The focus is the Lord Jesus Christ, his work, and his house. And I think you'll see tonight uh, in these several chapters that we'll study in Second Chronicles that that is absolutely the case, uh, that God's blessing is on a people who keeps their focus right on him and on his work. And uh, we've titled the message tonight, We Must Protect This House. We Must Protect This House. Let's bow together for a word of prayer and we'll get into the message. Father, we pray tonight. Lord, first of all, we thank you. Uh, We praise you, dear Lord, for being our Savior, our God. Lord, for being our Heavenly Father, for providing for every need that we have. And Lord, in spite of uh, the turmoil that's around us, Lord, politically, uh, the turmoil that's around us, Lord, socially, uh, so many things that we could be discouraged about. But Lord, we have so many more things to be encouraged about. The fact that we're saved, the fact that we have your word, Lord, the fact that you live within us, that you guide us, you direct us, you convict us. Lord, the fact that we have an eternal home in heaven awaiting us, that you're preparing for us. Lord, we're a blessed people. Lord, help us to focus on the good things. Lord, help us to focus on your goodness to us. We pray tonight, dear God, that you would speak to each and every heart. Thank you again, Lord, for blessing us and allowing us all to be a part of White Oak Baptist Church. May you be honored and glorified, uh, not only here and now in this service, but uh, for many, many years to come through the service of this church. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Uh, Some of you probably remember, uh, how many know of the the apparel company called Under Armour? Anybody ever heard of Under Armour? Okay, that's the majority of us. Now, Under Armour, of course, uh, I believe is second to Nike at this point. I'm not exactly sure about that. I believe Nike is the number one uh, sports apparel company in the world, uh, and I think Under Armour is a close second. Uh, They may have switched. I don't know, but I know they've, they've grown in popularity quite a bit. Uh, Under Armour. Now, Under Armour, when they first came out, I remember they had a commercial. And some of you may remember this commercial. In the commercial, they had this, this muscle-bound guy wearing his Under Armour gear, and, uh, and, and he was the, uh, the big rah-rah, the, the, the motivator of the group, and, and he would motivate the team, and he would motivate uh, the, those that rooted for that particular team. And, and in that particular commercial, it was the Under Armour team. And, and one of the things that they said was, uh, he would shout, he would shout, Will you protect this house? Will you protect this house? 
Uh, and it's a colloquialism. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, someone, it's an urban saying that people would say, well, you know, this is our home. And, and obviously in sports you have a team where they're, they're playing another team and one team is the home team, the other team is the away team. And so they're saying, hey, in this house, we're going to protect our house. They're not going to come in here and beat us in our house. And the question he posed to the group, to the team, will you protect this house? And then the team and all of its, the, the cheering fans would shout, I will, I will. Uh, eventually that, that commercial evolved and, and obviously they've changed their, their, their slogan now. And, uh, but I still remember uh, that commercial and several others like that. Will you protect this house? Uh, and, I, and I find in Second Chronicles uh, chapters six, seven, five, six, and seven, and some of the earlier chapters in Second Chronicles, uh, it sure feels like uh, Solomon, as he prayed to God at the dedication of the temple that he built uh, for God's Majesty, it's almost as if he was saying, "We must protect this house because this house is very important. Uh, this house is extremely important." Uh, in our passage, King David has passed off the scene. His son Solomon uh, is prepared to take the throne of Israel. And David had, had gathered, of course, much of the material for the building of the temple. And we know the Bible tells us that David had in his heart to build a temple instead of God. Uh, the, 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 the ornaments and, and the, the furniture that they used to worship God being in a tabernacle. Uh, he says, no, we need to build a temple. We need to build an ornate temple and we need to build something that will glorify God. And, and David wanted to do that. But God said, no, you're not going to do that. You're a man of war. You've shed much blood. And so uh, you're not going to do it, but your son's going to do it. Your son's going to build that temple unto my name. And, and so uh, David was, was tasked with the, uh, the, the, uh, the responsibility of gathering materials and, and preparing everything for his son Solomon to build the temple. And so we see here in Second Chronicles, after Solomon builds the temple, he prays a prayer of dedication. Uh, and in this prayer of dedication, uh, we see Solomon asking the Lord, asking God to protect his people, to provide for his people, to, to bless his people. And everything that he was saying in his prayer was in reference to the temple, the temple, the temple. Uh, will you protect this house? And listen, we as Christians, of course, I know and you all know uh, that the, the, the New Testament church is not the same thing as the Old Testament temple. We understand that. Uh, we're not saying that the New Testament local New Testament church has replaced the temple. That's not what we're saying. But we're saying the principles, the principles that we see in Second Chronicles, uh, we can apply to our temple. Uh, I know that the Holy Spirit lives within us and our bodies are the temple. But the place where we worship God. Uh, the place where we gather uh, and, and, we, and we serve the Lord and we worship the Lord and we bless the Lord and we sing to the Lord, that's the local New Testament church house. Now, again, this building is where White Oak Baptist Church meets. Uh, there's nothing particularly special about the, 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 the wood and, and the concrete and, and the sheetrock. Nothing in particular. There's other buildings that have those same elements. But it's, it's not the building, it's not the structure that's special. What's special is what happens inside this building. What's spe- Are you all with me tonight? Everybody awake? Okay. Uh, what's, what's special is what happens inside this building where God's people, God's children, they gather and they encourage each other and they pray with each other and they sing to God and they worship the Lord and they give to the Lord and they serve others and, and they, they, they are blessing to one another. It's what happens within the walls of this building that's important. And so when I say we must protect this house, I'm talking about the integrity 
of the church. Uh, I believe that God is, 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 he is very much in play working through the local New Testament church. And it's important to him. It's so important to God that he shed his blood for the church. Y'all with me tonight? Everybody still awake? I'm a little warm. Is anybody else a little warm? Okay. I'm, I'm slightly warm. And um, as we go on, I'm sure it'll get warmer. Needless to say, um, listen, the church is important to God. The church is important to God. The church has to be important to us. It has to be. You see, the church can't just be a part of our life. The church has to be our life. It has to be at the center of our life. The Lord himself, his word, his house, his institution. As a matter of fact, it's so important to the Lord that he looked to Peter. Uh, when, when Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, he says, that's right, Peter. Uh, uh, you heard that from heaven. Heaven is the one that revealed that to you. And thou art Peter. And upon this rock, referring to himself, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The promise of perpetuity has been given to the local New Testament church. And so let's look at this. Um, let's, let's, let's review some of the things that happened in Second Chronicles as we build up to Second Chronicles chapter number 7. Let's look at point number 1, if you will. Point number 1, we have the provisions by God. The provisions by God. Someone tonight said to me, they looked at the outline, they said, there's no way you're going to get through all this. I said, you watch me. Anyway, so we're going to go quickly. We're going to read a lot of verses. So stay with me, if you will. Please pay attention on purpose. We are going to eventually make a very important point, all right? Uh, we see letter A under point number one, the building materials. The building materials. Now, this next passage, uh, Joe's going to put up on the screen for us. Uh, again, we're going to stay in Second Chronicles as much as we possibly can. But in First Chronicles chapter number 22, uh, starting in verse number 14, the Bible says this. Now behold, in my trouble, I have prepared for the house of the Lord an hundred thousand talents of gold and a thousand thousand talents of silver and of brass and iron without weight, for it is in abundance. Timber also uh, and stone have I prepared and uh, that and thou mayest add thereto. Now, this is David saying, I prepared these things. I prepared these things. I've gathered these things. Verse 15 of second uh, first Chronicles 22. Moreover, there are workmen. With thee in abundance, hewers and workers of stone and timber and all manner of cunning men for every manner of work. Of the gold, the silver, and the brass, and the iron, there is no number. Arise, therefore, and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. Uh, David also commanded all the princes of Israel to help Solomon his son, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And hath not he given you rest on every side? For he hath given the inhabitants of the land into mine hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Uh, we see David here uh, not only commanding Solomon, but the leaders of Israel say, Hey, I've prepared, I've gathered, I have all the materials. Now it's time for you all to do the work. Verse 19 of First Chronicles 22. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise, therefore, and build ye the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built to the name of the Lord. Everybody with me so far? David, he gathered the materials. He's saying, hey, go do it. You got everything you need. Make it happen. All right. Now turn to Second Chronicles chapter 2. Second Chronicles chapter 2. We see that David gathered materials. Uh, he even gathered workers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Solomon also solicited uh, even for more materials for the building of the temple. Second Chronicles chapter number two. Look at verse number one. Second Chronicles chapter number two. 
Verse 1, the Bible says, And Solomon determined to build an house for the name of the Lord and an house for his kingdom. And Solomon told out threescore and ten thousand men to bear burdens, and fourscore thousand to hew in the mountain, and three thousand and six hundred to oversee them. Verse 3, And Solomon sent to Huram, the king of Tyre, saying, As thou didst deal with David my father, and didst send him cedars to build him an house to dwell therein, even so deal with me. Behold, I build an house to the name of the Lord my God, to dedicate it to him, and to burn before him sweet incense, and for the continual showbread, and for the burnt offerings, morning and evening, on the Sabbaths, and on the new moons, and on the solemn feasts of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel, and the house which I build, which I build is great, for great is our God above all gods. So we see here, uh, not only did David supply materials, now we see Solomon, uh, he's also soliciting for more materials. Look at verse number 7 of Second Chronicles chapter 2. Send me now, therefore, a man cunning to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in iron and in purple and crimson and blue, and uh, that can skill to grave with the cunning men that are with me in Judah and in Jerusalem, whom David my father did provide. Send me also cedar trees, fir trees, and algum trees out of Lebanon, for I know that thy servants can skill to cut timber in Lebanon, and behold, my servants shall be with thy servants. Uh, again, follow the progression. Uh, David has, he, he's gathered materials. Solomon is also gathering materials. All of this is pointing to, leading to the building of the temple. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 of Second Chronicles chapter 2. Stay with me. Uh, A lot of this is just uh, details and information, but we're going to get somewhere. Look at verse 11. Then Huram, the king of Tyre, answered in writing, which he sent to Solomon, because the Lord hath loved his people. He hath made thee king over them. Huram said, moreover, blessed be the Lord God of Israel that made heaven and earth, who hath given to David the king a wise son, endued with prudence and understanding, that might build an house for the Lord and an house for his kingdom. And now I have sent a cunning man endued with understanding of Hurim, my father's, the son of a woman of the daughters of Dan. And his father was a man of Tyre, skillful to work in gold and in silver, in brass and iron in stone and in timber, in purple and blue and in fine linen and in crimson. Also to grave any manner of graving and to find out every device which shall be put to him with thy cunning men and with the cunning men of my Lord David, thy father." Again, so we see uh, th- this, this king here, he's, he's, he's cooperating. He's saying, okay, sure, uh, I, have, I have a good relationship with your father, uh, and I'm going to have a good relationship with you, and, and I see what you're trying to do, and I'm going to send you the help that you need, the, uh, the, what you solicited me for, I'm going to send it to you. Look at verse 16. And we will cut wood out of Lebanon, as much as thou shalt need, and we will bring it to thee and floats by sea to Joppa, and thou shalt carry it up to Jerusalem. Uh, Okay, so we see uh, the building materials being gathered. We see uh, this is like, you know, if we were to build something today, you know, we would order it or we would drive to a a place like Home Depot or Lowe's or or, or some kind of place like that. And we would load up the truck. You know, we get the materials. That's what's happening here. All right. We see the building materials. Letter B. Letter B. We see the blueprint. The blueprint. Now, Second Chronicles chapter number 3 and chapter number 4, we're not going to read in those chapters, uh, and they're not written in your outline. They should. They should be, because Second Chronicles chapter number 3 and chapter number 4 give us the dimensions. The dimensions of the house of the Lord. The dimensions of the temple. How high, how wide, how long. Uh, all the different dimensions of the furnishings on the inside are given to us in Second Chronicles chapter 3 and 4. Now, on the screen, you'll see First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 11 and 12. The Bible says this in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 11. Then David gave to Solomon his son the pattern 
the pattern, the blueprint, the pattern of the porch and of the houses thereof and of the treasuries thereof and of the upper chambers thereof and of the inner parlors thereof and of the place of the mercy seat and the pattern, again, the blueprint, the pattern of all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord and all the chambers round about of the treasuries of the house of God and of the treasuries of the dedicated things. So we see the building materials. Uh, we see the blueprint, how to build it, how, what size. And then we see letter C, the breakthrough. We see the breakthrough. We see the, the, the temple finally being built. Uh, we've gotten the materials. Uh, we, we've gotten the blueprints. And now we see the breakthrough. The temple was finally completed. Uh, turn to Second Chronicles chapter 5. Second Chronicles chapter 5. And look at verse number 1. Second Chronicles chapter 5 and verse number 1. Thus, all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated, and the silver and the gold and all the instruments uh, put he among the treasures of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Wherefore, all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast which was in the seventh month. They bring in the Ark of the Covenant. They bring in the furniture. Uh, They bring in... Now, everything's complete. Everything's done. All the work that Solomon was tasked to complete was completed. Uh, Look at verse 13 of 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Uh, we see them uh, in verse 13, and it was, they'll have, they have a basic, basically a worship service, a dedication service. Verse 13, Second Chronicles 5. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let me stop right here. If you're of the persuasion that, man, I don't have a good voice and I can't really carry a tune in a bucket. I'm not going to sing. Let me say this. God doesn't care how bad you sound. Y'all with me tonight? It doesn't matter that you can't sing. It doesn't matter whether you can carry a tune. It doesn't matter if you're off key. If he's worthy of being worshipped and praised, then we should praise. You know what the Lord Jesus Christ told the Pharisees and the scribes and the, the high priests? They said, hey, hey, tell your followers to be quiet. Tell them to stop as they were lauding him and praising him as he was entering Jerusalem. They said, hey, tell them to stop. He says, if they don't praise me, the rocks will immediately cry out. I don't want to be outdone by a piece of rock. Y'all with me tonight? I don't want to be outdone by some stone or some tree or some uh, brush. or what. Listen, I want to praise God uh, because he deserves to be praised. Uh, he, he's worthy of my praise. And if you don't like the way I sound, I don't care. Because he deserves my worship. And I'm going to worship him. And if you don't like the way it sounds, then cover your ears. Go somewhere else. I mean, as far as, you know, not another church, but, you know, go to another area of the auditorium. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, uh, I have a friend, as a matter of fact, we're going to be working with him down in Virginia. A big, tall guy. He's 6'5", weighs like 280 pounds. The guy's humongous, right? And uh, I met him in Orlando, and we'd be sitting. Have I ever told this story here before? I have? Okay, I don't know. I apologize if I have, but I like it. Anyway, so... So we're standing in church down in Orlando, right? And, and we're, we're, you know, the song leader gets up. We are opening your hymn books. We're going to sing. And, and I'm singing, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And he's just standing like this. 
I'm looking at him like, okay. And we keep singing, we sing another song, and I'm, I mean, I'm belting it out, and he's just standing with the hymn book in his hand like this. And I'm like, bro, you okay? He said, yeah, yeah. Why aren't you singing? No, I don't sing. Nah, you don't want me to sing. I can't sing. I can't sing. I said, well, maybe I don't want you to sing, but he wants you to sing. And he deserves, and you know, it took him some time. It took him a while. This guy, the one I'm referring to, he just recently graduated from Bible college. But back then, back then he wouldn't sing. He wouldn't lift his voice. Why? Because he was embarrassed that he thought his voice. Listen, it's not about you. Y'all with me tonight? It's not about us. I I love to hear people sing that can't carry a tune in the bucket. I love to hear them say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I don't care, man. Belt it out. Let it rip. He deserves it. He deserves it. So if you're one of these people, I don't know. I have no idea who sings and who doesn't. Okay? I know some people that obviously that stick out and sing really well and so forth and so on. But listen, if you're one of these people that, oh, I can't carry a tune in the bucket, praise the Lord anyway. Anyway. Let's continue here. All right, where was I? Verse, uh, verse 13, Second Chronicles 5. Uh, we see that uh, towards the end, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, uh, that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord. Notice, when the trumpeters, the singers, the praisers, when everyone was praising, then the presence of God came in. Verse 14. So that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Oh, man. We, we pray, Lord, come and meet with us. We pray, Lord, have your will and your way here, Lord. We pray, Lord, will you please speak to us? And, and, and then when, when, when Pastor Lejeune or Pastor Morales or whoever it is or Pastor Rivera whoever says, hey, let's sing. Are you singing? Where's my 830 crowd? Amen. 830 crowd. It's hard to sing at 830 in the morning, isn't it? Uh, at least it seems like because I get up here and I feel like I'm singing a solo. Uh, but listen, let's give him our best. Let's give him our all. He deserves it. Uh, mistakes and all, uh, off key and all, give him what he deserves. Uh, we see, number one, the provisions by God. Let's look at number two. We see the prayer to God. The prayer to God. Second Chronicles chapter number six and Second Chronicles chapter number seven, we see this prayer of dedication. We see Solomon praying to God, thanking him and, and, and giving him praise for allowing them to build the altars. Turn to Second Chronicles chapter six. Look at verse number twelve. Verse number 12. The Bible says in verse 12 of Second Chronicles 6, And he, this is referring to Solomon, And he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel, and spread forth his hands. For Solomon had made a brazen scaffold of five cubits long. Uh, that, a, a cubit is about 18 inches long, so five cubits is about seven and a half feet, uh, according to the measurements that are uh, we're told by scholars, and, uh, and then five cubits broad, again, about seven and a half feet, and three cubits high, about four and a half feet. So he had this platform that he's standing on, and had it set in the midst of the court, and upon it he stood and kneeled. He kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel, and he spread forth his hands toward heaven. Now, I, I, I'm purposely, I want you to get a, a picture of Solomon doing this. He's the, the next king of Israel. He's on the platform. And he's kneeling, and he's got his arms spread to heaven. And he's praying, and he's praising God. He says, the Bible says in verse 14, And said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven, nor in the earth, 
which keep his covenant and show his mercy unto thy servants that walk before thee with all their hearts. He's sincerely and genuinely saying, Lord, you are king of kings and Lord of lords. You're the greatest. You're, you're, it. you're everything, God. Everything we've, we've done here is for you. So picture King Solomon doing this on the platform. Look at verse number 19. Have respect, therefore, to the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee, that thine eyes may be upon, open upon, here it is right here, this house, day and night, upon the place whereof thou hast said that thou wouldest put thy name there, to hearken unto the prayer which thy servant prayeth toward this place. Hearken therefore unto the supplications of thy servant and of thy people Israel, which they shall make toward this place. Hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven, and when thou hearest, forgive. You see Solomon here, he's on his knees, he's praising the Lord, he's praying to God, he's saying, Lord, will you bless your people when they focus on this place? Lord, will you, uh, will you protect your people when they focus on this place? Lord, will you do uh, miracles in the life of your people when, when their priority is this place, this place? Again, we understand it's not the brick and mortar. I get all that. But what happens in this place is important to God. What happens in this place needs to be important to you and to I, to us here as New Testament Christians. So as he continues his prayer, we're going to go through these quickly. Letter A. Uh, he's saying, hear my prayer, bless your people, protect them in the midst of disputes. In the midst of disputes. Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 24. And if thy people Israel be put to the worst before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee, and shall return and confess thy name, and pray and make supplication before thee, listen now, look at it, in this house. If the enemies are having, you know, the, the upper hand on them, and, and if there's disputings, and if they pray in this house, verse 25, then hear thou from the heavens, and forgive the sin of thy people Israel, and bring them again unto the land which thou gavest to them and to their fathers. Now look at verse number 34. Verse number 34. Again, this is, bless them, Lord, in the midst of disputes. Verse 34, if thy people go out to war against their enemies by the way that thou shalt send them, and they pray unto thee toward... This city, which thou hast chosen, and the house, this house, which I have built for thy name, then hear thou from the heavens their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. We see Solomon asking God to bless the children of Israel in the midst of disputes. Let her be. In the midst of a drought. In the midst of a drought. Uh, by the way, uh, we could all pray the same thing. Uh, Lord, I'm having disputes. I'm having uh, 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 enemies attacking. I'm having problems. Lord, will you please help me? Will you please bless this situation? Lord, I'm here. I'm at the altar. I'm in your house. I'm in the place where we gather to worship. Lord, please help me in the midst of drought. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 6. Look at verse 26. When the heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against thee, yet if they pray toward, here it is again, this place, and confess thy name and turn from their sin when thou dost afflict them. Then hear thou from heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel when thou hast taught them the good way wherein they should walk and send rain upon thy land which thou hast given unto thy people for 
and inheritance. Will you please bless them, Lord, when they're struggling, when, they, when they're doing without, uh, when there's a drought, when they feel dry, when they feel parched, when they feel like, man, I can't take another step. They come to this house and they pray to you in this house. They pray towards this temple and they're seeking you, Lord, in your house, in your house. Uh, not only in the midst of this disputes, in the midst of a drought, let her see, in the midst of dearth and disease. Dearth and disease. Second Chronicles chapter 6, look at verse 28. Dearth and disease. Uh, when there's sickness, uh, when there's lack, uh, when there's suffering, verse 28. If there be dearth in the land, if there be pestilence, if there be a, a blasting or mildew. By the way, uh, we got a pestilence right now in our society, amen? COVID-19. That's a pestilence. Uh, and, and we need to be praying to the Lord, uh, praying for, uh, I spoke to Bob Nastasia earlier this afternoon. He called me and, man, what a blessing it was to hear him say that he's, he's improving. Uh, and we need to c- continue to pray for him. And, and folks like Miss Myrtle and, and Miss Margaret, continue to pray for people. Uh, let's continue reading here. Uh, if there be blasting or mildew, locusts or caterpillars, if their enemies besiege them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore or whatsoever sickness there be, Then what prayer or what supplication soever shall be made of any man or of all thy people Israel, when everyone shall know his own sore and his own grief and shall spread forth his hands in this house. There it is again, this house. Verse 30, Then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and render unto every man according unto all his ways, whose heart thou knowest, for thou only knowest the hearts of the children of men. Uh, in the midst uh, of disease, in the midst of the dearth, a drought, in the midst of disputes, letter D, in the midst of delegates, in the midst of delegates, okay, had to start with a D, all right, so it would fit my, my alliteration, uh, in the midst of strangers, okay, strangers doesn't start with a D, so I had to put something else, all right, uh, look at Second Chronicles chapter 6 uh, and verse number 32, in the midst of delegates or representatives of other countries or, or strangers, look at verse 32, moreover concerning the stranger, which is not of thy people Israel, but is come from a far country for thy great name's sake and thy mighty hand and thy stretched out arm. If they come and pray in this house, in this house, then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all people of the earth may know thy name and fear thee, as doth thy people Israel, and may know that this house, this house which I have built is called by thy name. Uh, you know what Solomon is praying here? He's saying, Lord, I pray that those that are not a part of Israel, that they'll come here to pray to you because they hear of the blessings that you give the people of Israel. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, those that are not a member of White Oak Baptist Church, I pray that they hear about the blessings of being a part of White Oak Baptist Church. Then they say, you know what? I, I want to go check that place out. Something special is happening there. There's something going on over there. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to go see. And the stranger comes in and they're blessed as they seek the God of heaven, as they come and they're introduced to their creator, to their savior. You see, he wanted them to realize that being in God's family is where the true blessings are. And he wanted the strangers to see God prove himself strong on behalf of his people. Uh, Let's look at letter E. Letter E, in the midst of discipline. In the midst of discipline, uh, when, when we're being corrected, when we're being uh, chastised, when, when God is punishing and disciplining us, he's saying, Lord, show mercy. Show mercy. Look at verse 36 of Second Chronicles 6. Verse 36. 
He says, if they sin against thee, for there is no man which sinneth not, and thou be angry with them and deliver them over before their enemies, and they carry them away captives unto a land far off or near, yet if they bethink themselves in the land whither they are carried captive and turn and pray unto thee in the land of their captivity, saying, we have sinned. We have done amiss and have dealt wickedly. If they return to thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, whither they have carried them captives, and pray toward their land. Lord, if they pray towards this land, if they pray towards where this place is located, Lord, if they pray toward their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers, and toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house which I have built for thy name, then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications, and maintain their cause, and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. Is anyone seeing the common denominator in all of these prayers that Solomon was praying? The common denominator is this place, this house. There's something special about the place where God's people meet. There's something special. There's something special about the place where we gather and we worship and we praise and, and we pray together and we hear the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Man, there's something special about it. I'll be quite honest with you, White Oak Baptist Church. I've been to many Baptist churches. I've been to many churches uh, in different states. But I tell you what, every time I go to church, I get excited. I get excited. Man, we're going to church. We're going to worship God. We're going to be around our brothers and sisters, even Brandon. I love, I love seeing him too. Amen. Praise the Lord. He don't love seeing me, but that's okay. Amen. <laughs> Listen, I get to come to church, uh, and I get to be around God's people. And, and man, at, at iron sharpening iron, man, sometimes people say things, and, and, and they influence me. And I, I just watch someone's behavior, and I'm like, man, that's convicting. I need to be more like that. And vice versa, I hope and pray that sometimes people look at me and say, oh, man, I, I need to be more like that. Uh, and then I see a, a sister and a sister praying over here about a need and a brother. And, man, and then I hear someone, they, they find a need in someone's life and they fill that need. And, man, we're just blessing each other and blessing him and, and blessing our community. Man, this is exciting. There ain't nothing better than this on a Sunday night. I don't know about you, but I prioritize my life around church. I don't prioritize church around my life. To me, church is not something I do. Church is something that I am. Everybody knows where I'm going to be Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Everybody knows. Because I've been doing it for the last 27 years. My family knows. Uh, my, my co-workers know, obviously. Amen, Pastor. <laughs> Everybody knows where we're going to be. Why? Because this is what we do. This is who we are. We eat, sleep, drink, and breathe this thing. This thing called Christianity. This is not a game to us. This is life or death. And, and Solomon is saying, Lord, when your people are in trouble, when your people are struggling, when your people are hurting, when your people are at, the, at their wit's end, when they come to this house, when they are in this place, when they pray in this place, towards this place, Lord, will you please answer? Will you hear them? Will you bless them? Man, it's all about this place. It's all about this place. We've got to protect this place. You know the devil doesn't like what's, what's happening right here? He doesn't like what we do. He doesn't like the fact that we have Great Commission Saturdays. He doesn't like the fact that we have people calling each other and encouraging each other and, and handing out tracts and, and inviting folks to church and, and, and we're preaching the gospel. He doesn't like any of this. And he would love nothing more than to destroy it. We must protect this house. We must protect this house. It's too important. It's eternal. 
It's life or death. We must protect the house of God. More appropriately for us in the New Testament, the church house, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Uh, We see the provisions by God, number one. We see the prayer to God, number two. And then lastly, number three, we see the promise from God. The promise from God. And so we see Solomon ends his prayer. Uh, The people worship for a week. For a week. We have a hard time having people come to church uh, for uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday revival. These folks, and I'm not, listen, I'm not attacking anyone here. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I struggle coming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. But you know, there was a time in our society when people would have revivals for two and three weeks at a time. And people would go to work and then go to the revival. And go to work and then go to the revival. Nowadays, man, you ask people to come for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you'd be, you'd be lucky if you get them to come one of those nights. It's not important. It should be. This place is important. What happens here is important. What happens here is, is of utmost importance. And so we see here the Lord appears to Solomon by night and he assures him that he has heard his prayer. Turn to Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. We all know this passage. Second Chronicles chapter number 7. God's answer uh, to Solomon's prayer. Look at verse number 12, if you will. Verse number 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen, there it is again, this place. I've chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, and we all know this verse, right? But notice the context. Notice the context of the answer in, uh, from the Lord in Second Chronicles 7.14. The context is all about this place. You know, we say, well, we want revival, and we pray for revival, and, and Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people would you call by my name, humble themselves and, and, and pray and seek my face. We, we, but listen, are we faithful to church? It's all about this place. It's all about what happens here. Uh, It's all about what's taking place in the local New Testament church. I understand that that's the temple. I get it. But understand the principle was where God is worshipped, where God's people meet, where God's people gather, it's important to God. It needs to be important to us. I know this sounds self-serving, but I'm leaving, so it doesn't matter. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Listen, it's what the Bible is teaching us. This place is important. This place is important. I'm, Trina and I are going to go to First Baptist Church of Kingstown in Alexandria, and we're going to say, that place is important. And we're going to give our hearts, our souls, our blood, sweat, and tears to that congregation and those people in that place. Because it's important. It's important. Second uh, Chronicles 7, look at verse 14 again. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Verse 15. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made. Here it is. Here it is again. In this place. Verse 16. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Everybody with me so far? You see the emphasis in these chapters 
I remember hearing a sermon preached similar to this, and I thought, man, I never saw that before. I never realized how much God emphasized this place, this house, this temple, uh, this city. I never realized, and then, man, I said, wow, that's important. That's important. Look at verse number 17. So uh, God answers his prayer. He says, I'll bless, I'll bless. Now look at verse 17. And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my judgments, then will I establish, then will I establish rather the throne of thy kingdom according as I have covenanted with David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel. Uh, he promised that his descendants would be perpetually uh, blessed on the throne of Israel. Uh, look at verse 19. But, but, if ye turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land which I have given them, and this house, which I have sanctified for my name, will I cast out of my sight, and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. Right there, God is saying, yeah, this place is important as long as you all are doing what you're supposed to be doing in this place. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing in this place... That place is no longer important. He says, I'll let it get destroyed. As a matter of fact, I'll let it fall apart to the point where people say, did you see that rundown church building over there? Man, there used to be a, a happening church there. There used to be a, a congregation that got something done for God and for his kingdom. There used to be. May that never be said of White Oak Baptist Church. I guarantee you if Pastor Brown were to stand on this platform and Pastor Peslike were to stand on this platform and have Pastor Lejeune stand on this platform, they all, I guarantee you, they all would say, we must protect this house. We must protect this house. We must. We absolutely must protect this house. Uh, look at verse number, verse number 21. And this house which is high shall be an astonishment to everyone that passeth by it, so that he shall say, why hath the Lord done thus unto this land and unto this house? And it shall be answered because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them forth out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore hath he brought all this evil upon them. White Oak Baptist Church, you've had a great start. From all, from all I can gather in the year that we were here, uh, we were able to meet Pastor Brown uh, when Pastor Lejeune went up to preach at the college uh, up, up north. And uh, seems like a, a good, good, godly, God-fearing man. And I'm sure all of you that were here would say the same thing. Uh, I, I've heard many good things about Pastor Peslak and his tenure while he was here. And, and, and there's many people here that still love Pastor Peslak and still love his family. I know, obviously, Pastor Lejeune and all that he's doing and, and, and his heart and, and his devotion and his loyalty and, and how much he's investing. And, and, and there's people here that love Pastor Lejeune. But let me tell you something. All of this can go away overnight. It can disappear. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. In the 1996 Summer Olympics, the U.S. men's softball team lost only one game. And it was a game they should have won. In the top of the fifth inning, with the score tied 0-0, Danny Tyler hit a home run over the center field fence. She took her home run trot around the bases, and when she reached home, amid all of the excitement and the congratulations and the high fives from her teammates, she failed to tag home plate. 
When she reached the dugout, the opposing team, Australia at the time, they appealed to the umpire that Danny failed to step on home plate. Danny, as in, in turn, was called out. And the run was erased. So the score was once again zero to zero until the end of regulation. And the teams went into extra innings. In the top of the 10th inning, Deanna Harris was placed on second base as per the international tiebreaker rules. And Sheila Cornell singled and and, um, an Australian throw to third base went wild, allowing Harris to score for a 1-0 lead for the U.S. And then with a runner placed on second for Australia, Lisa Fernandez was one strike away from a perfect game when Joanna Brown launched a home run over the center field fence giving Australia the victory. Australia won two to one. After the game, Danny Tyler said, she says, and I quote, I can't believe I missed it. I didn't know anything about it until I was in the dugout. How easy it is for us to feel that we've started well. We've done a good job. We've accomplished some things, and, and man, man, we've done something good. Listen, it's not about how we start. It's about how we finish. How, how are you going to finish, White Oak Baptist Church? Hey, you've done some great things. I've seen it myself with my own two eyes. This has been a tremendous lighthouse in this community. As a matter of fact, I was putting labels and stamps. Uh, I'm checking my time. Uh, putting labels and stamps on postcards yesterday with Miss Maxine, 93-year-old Maxine. Amen? Praise God. That's a servant of God right there. Man, she drives herself, she's independent, and she comes to Great Commission Saturday and serves the Lord. Hot dog, man. I hope I'm 93 years old still serving Jesus. I hope I'm not in some nursing home somewhere on some breathing apparatus. Are y'all with me? Anyway, where was I? I done lost my thought. I say, so, you know, we're, we're putting the, the, the stamps and the labels on, on the postcards. And, 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 and she told me how, you know, she first came to the church. And, and when Pastor Brown, she told me that she was in Stratford and, and she was going to a church in Shelton. And, and she was praying. She was praying, her and this other group of people. Man, we were praying that God would give us a church in Stratford. And along comes Pastor Brown. And God answered that prayer. What a great start. Many things have happened in the last 40 years. Uh, man, it's been, it's been a tremendous start. Hey, let's protect this house so many, many others coming behind us can still serve God at White Oak Baptist Church. Y'all with me tonight? I leave you with this question. The Under Armour commercial, the muscle-bound guy wearing that, that Under Armour material, and, and he said, Will you protect this house? And everyone chanted in response, I will. I will. How about it, White Oak Baptist Church? Will you protect this house? Will you protect what God is doing at White Oak Baptist Church? It's so much more important than our agenda. It's so much more important than our goals, our aspirations. It's so much more important than us. Let's make sure... That when we're dead and gone, if the Lord tarries and he doesn't rapture us out of here and, and we, we're still here on this earth and, and eventually there's humans here still living and we're gone, let's make sure that we leave for those coming behind us a legacy, a, a tremendous inheritance of a church, as Pastor Lejeune likes to say, that's going and growing for the Lord Jesus Christ. How about it tonight? This place. This place.
It's important to God. Make sure it's important to you. Will you protect this house? I hope sure you will. Let's bow together for a prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this conviction from these passages that we have read. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would help each and every one of us, dear God, to make your institution of the church as important to us as it was and is to you. Lord, we need your help. Lord, this world distracts us. This world uh, can, can get us off track. and This world can get us to the point where we're focusing on so many other things. We're all guilty of that, Lord. Forgive us of that. Help us, Lord, to keep the main thing the main thing. Lord, and when we stray, may we turn back to this place, these people, this congregation. Lord, may we continue to remain under the spout where the blessing comes out, in your house, your church, where we met, where we meet and we gather and we praise and we worship and we serve you. And hopefully, Lord willing, we'll be able to lead many folks to you to do the same thing. Thank you, dear God, for tonight. 